This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong. It was told in June for a show with the theme of Glutton for Punishment. This was Xiao Mai's first time on our stage, and we have to hand it to her for giving such a well-balanced and expertly told piece. We look forward to seeing her on our stage again soon. You have a story in you, too. If you want to learn how to tell your best story, sign up on our Hong Kong Stories Meetup page, like us on Facebook, or go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now, here's Xiao Mai. I'm standing in the middle of the entrance hall of the Court of Appeal, thinking, who am I kidding? I'm surrounded by walls of marble reaching high up towards the ceiling, and each step that I take echoes from one wall to the other, making me feel small and out of place. I'm here to meet the judge with whom I'll be doing an internship for the next year, and I'm convinced he will soon figure out I'm an imposter. I've been struggling in law school for the last two years, and I applied to this internship carelessly, thinking, nah, well, at least you tried. But then I got it, and I do not feel up for the task. You see, for the next year, my role will be to advise the judge in his decision-making. Lawyers are clever, and they craft arguments that go in their client's favor. So judges want to be prepared before they arrive at the hearing. But judges are swamped, so someone else has to read up all the history of the case and do the independent legal research. That's me, the intern. That would be my job. And it sounds doable, right? But for someone who's doubted herself for the last two years, it felt daunting. So before I knock on the door to the judge's office, I remember what TED Talks tell me about looking confident, and I broaden my shoulders to imitate an alpha male, and I knock. 30 minutes later, I come out of the office, shoulders slumped, under the weight of 1,300 pages and the judge's instructions. I want these summarized into 30 pages. Don't exceed the page limit. I don't want you wasting my time. It's a shareholder's dispute. Now, I don't know about you at the age of 21, but me, shareholders, are you kidding me? I was clueless. So for three weeks, I cram, 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 and somehow hatch out 30 pages, send the memo off to the judge, and wait. And wait. And wait. For two weeks, no response. Finally, an email from the judge comes in. Not addressed to me, though, but to the two other judges who will be sitting on the panel. My judge apologizes to them for the delay in this case because, unfortunately, the intern is inexperienced and he is asking his research assistant to reassess the file in its entirety. I swore never to be CC'd on an email like that again. So, when I receive my next assignment, I know what's at stake here. It's a matrimonial case, child custody. And 
I decided that for the next weeks, I will sleep and eat and breathe with the parties in this case. I open a Word document, insert a table, two columns, Madame, Monsieur, and every bit of dirty detail finds its way into that table. Now, I must admit, there is a strange guilty pleasure in reading about the drama in other people's lives. <laughs> and as the hours pass, I become captivated by this fairy tale turned sad, sad soap opera. Once, a man meets a woman and they fall hopelessly in love, get married within a year, and are blessed with a beautiful baby boy. Then shit hits the fan. Gone is happily ever after as the lawyers come into the picture. But I swear to you, I worked so hard on resisting this pleasure. So every time I become too you know, emotionally involved, I summon the image of Lady Justice, who is blindfolded. Right? She's blind to sex, color, creed, status, wealth, supposedly. She must also remain neutral when faced with human drama, and she must not make decisions based on emotional reasons, right? So I anchor myself onto bullet points in order to remain as objective as possible. So it went something like this. Hmm. Mom didn't come pick up her son at school that week when she had custody? Hmm. <clears throat> becomes point one, neglect of parental duties. Or, oh, mom says bad, terrible things about dad to the son, and oh no, now the son doesn't want to talk to his dad anymore. That's, that's, <clears throat> becomes point two, parental alienation. Or, dad is the director of a company, while mom is a part-time body trainer. And by the way, that's how they first met. He was her client. And <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. Point three. Dad has stable income. Mom doesn't. Et cetera, et cetera, until I reach the recommendation that full custody should be given to the dad in the interest of the child. Send the memo to the judge. His response came within a day. Excellent work. I will send your memo to the two other judges. They will come up with their own decisions, but I will let them know that my decision will be based entirely on your recommendations, unless something comes up at the hearing that makes me change my mind. Nota bene, if you wish to be at the hearing, you are welcome. Oh, thank God I'm not a failure. Hey, wait a minute. You may be smarter than you think. Hey, wait a minute. A judge at the Court of Appeal just says he likes your job. Be proud of yourself. Oh, and you bet I'll be at that hearing. That's my reward. So, on the day of the hearing, I'm the first to arrive. I sit on the last bench to have the best view. And I watch as the parties come in. Mom walks in. She's petite, neat and contained. She wears a trim, dark suit. Not at all the image I had in mind when reading the psychologist's opinion about her. And then I catch a glimpse of the hope on her face. And something in me starts to sink. Seeing her there 
all in flesh and feelings, sitting right in front of me, was a wake-up call. Because if the decision goes the way I recommended, I'm going to watch this woman's hope die. The mom's lawyer goes up first, and her arguments are being taken down by my judge. They're being taken down with my bullet points. And from where I sit, I can see how each bullet point is hitting the mom's guts in silence. Neglect, ugh. Alienation, ugh. Unstable income, what? Really? After two hours of questions, answers, questions again, clarifications, the judges walk out to deliberate. And there's a hushed tension in the room. Even I have a moment of anxious anticipation. It's still possible for the mom to win. But by then, I don't care anymore whether the judges follow my recommendations or not. I've been watching the mom for the last two hours, and I'm just not ready to see her lose. The judges walk back in, and my judge renders the decision. It is almost word for word my conclusion in the memo. Then the judges walk back out. The mom stares straight ahead, her back very straight. Then in silence, she picks up her coat, picks up her bag, and leaves the room without a sound. I'm the last to leave the room. I'm afraid to see the results of my excellent work. The mom is leaning against the wall, her face half hidden. She put her hand on the cold marble and sobs and sobs, tries to steady herself <laughs> and sobs. That's how she breaks her silence. She looks small against that wall, but who am I to comfort her now? And I catch myself thinking very selfishly in that moment, please, we all do mistakes in life. Please help me not make a mistake that would bring me to court where complete strangers tear my mistakes apart and throw them back at me in calm, cold, composed bullet points while I can only watch in silence. And then, and then those strangers go back home. They've done their job. While me, I will live with their work for years and years to come as punishment for my mistakes. I brush past her quickly, slip out of the courthouse, and dared Lady Justice then to take off her blindfold. Take it off and see the pain within your house. That evening, I received my next assignment. Matrimonial case, child history, uh, child custody. I open a new Word document, insert a table, two columns, Madame, Monsieur, put the blindfold back on and started working again. But then I added a third column. Comments? Other observations? After all, who says that Lady Justice standing blindfolded in her marbled halls, isn't allowed to doubt deep down. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, visit us on hongkongstories.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends and keep an eye out for our weekly podcast published every Wednesday. And if you're lucky enough to be in Hong Kong, grab yourself some tickets for our next live show. Details can be found on the website. Everyone has a story to tell.